Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You're here for episode number six of the second year. Now, I have an apology to make right up front. It is pretty late on the 7th, like 4.30 late. And, um, well, I didn't get to the podcast last night. I didn't get to it second period today. I didn't get to it at lunchtime. And here I am, after school, my first day back, finally getting to the podcast. So here's what I'm going to do. Yesterday, the 6th, was Epiphany. But today, the 7th, was the day that I was back in school talking to my classes about Epiphany. So what I want to do is I want to talk first in yesterday, technically's podcast, about two main takeaways related to faith regarding Epiphany. And then later tonight, when I get back to recording and posting again, I want to talk about what I did with my classes today to celebrate Epiphany. So I kind of will cover Epiphany in two episodes, kind of split it up over uh, two days episodes. Regardless, I am glad that you are with me today. And again, I am begging your patience. But thank you as I share how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. So yesterday was, as I mentioned, January 6th. It is the 13th day of Christmas, if you will, that is counting the 26th, the day after Christmas is day one. I got a calendar out and actually counted it. And Epiphany, if you are not familiar with it, remembers the visit of the Magi to the Christ child. Now, a couple of things, just right here up front. Tradition sometimes defines them or characterizes them as kings, specifically the We Three Kings of Orient Are song that we sing. They're not kings, no. Uh, Not kings, at least in the royal, ruling, dynastic manner. The better translation is magi, or really, as some have characterized them, astronomers. Most likely, they were people from the east, probably Persia, uh, Mesopotamia, um, Tigris and Euphrates area, what today is Iran, Iraq, from the east of Israel, who observed the stars, and probably in, in kind of like what we would call astrology today. And they saw a configuration of stars that they read to signify some kind of epic, epic, you know, epic event that was what led them on their journey. That's the first thing. Second thing is we often put the manger nativity scene with the shepherds and the wise men, the magi in the same scene. And again, the Gospels do not do that. It is Luke's Gospel that gives us the shepherds and actually the nativity itself, the manger, the swaddling clothes, no room at the inn, and so forth. Whereas it's Matthew's Gospel, which doesn't give us any of that, that gives us the Magi. And if you read that story carefully, the Magi are actually visiting sometime after the night of Jesus' birth. 
And they're visiting the Holy Family in probably some sort of a house or a dwelling. They're not visiting them in the stable. So our nativity sets, as lovely as they are, are not biblical in the sense of following a single gospel in the way that it describes the story of Jesus's birth. Putting them together, doing kind of a, a mashup or kind of a remix, if you will, of the individual gospel narratives, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's important for clarity and for accuracy that we know that these are two self-contained, separate stories. Okay, so just a couple of ground, fundamental, foundational things about the epiphany. So my two takeaways, and I heard bits of these in, in the sermon that I heard yesterday, the homily that I heard. First takeaway is we are looking at this story with two different kings and with a source of light, illumination that guides us. And I'll take those two points separately. So we're actually seeing three different kings in the story. And I don't mean, again, the three kings, the Magi, because again, they're not kings. Rather, I mean, we are seeing King Herod and Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as the songs and as the scripture describes him. So let's contrast those two, because I think that's what Matthew wants us to do. He wants us to see the King Herod, who lies and is afraid and eventually is murderous, goes on a murder rampage with the holy innocents, killing the baby boys who are born around Bethlehem around the same time that Jesus is born. So we have these two, we have this, this, this rampage, really, for lack of a better word, that Herod instigates. And we also have a very different king, the king who is an infant, the king who is born to a poor family, um, a king who is unexpected, and ultimately a king who is going to rule in a very different way than an earthly king ever has before. And the Magi are, are really the mediators between these two. They're the ones that, that experience both kings. But scripture says they only prostrate, pros, fall down on their faces, as it's sometimes translated, before one of the kings. They only present expensive symbolic gifts to one of the kings. And that king is Jesus, the king of kings and lord of lords. So that's the first takeaway is that there are different kings and different kingdoms, kingdom of humans, Herod and kingdom of God, which Jesus has come to embody and illustrate and ultimately to open up for all of us. So that's the first point. Stay with me through the break and I will be back with the second point. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So the second point that I 
heard and have been reflecting on in the Epiphany story is the symbolism of the star and specifically the guiding star. You know, that's a such a powerful, powerful image. Think of the North Star and Polaris guiding mariners and guiding travelers and guiding us today if we know where to look and can even see the stars where we uh, live in an urban environment. And I think the symbolism here is, for me, in my reflection is I begin a, a new calendar year here in a new season of the church with ordinary time coming in a week after the baptism of Jesus is what is my guiding star? What is the light, the shiny thing that guides me, that leads me, that I pay attention to, that's going to point me in a direction that is going to be life-giving and fulfilling of the call that God has for me? And nowadays, when I think of shiny things, I think of the screens, my smartphone that I'm talking into, my computer that I'm watching a soccer game on as I record this. It's Liverpool versus Wolverton, and it's not going well for my Liverpool Reds. And there it is. Again, the screens, the shininess that can distract me from being focused, being in the moment, being present to whatever is around me that is not a screen. But there's certainly other shiny objects, so to speak, other reflectors of light that can attract my attention. But the thing for me to always remember is that I have to know that they are just reflections of light. That Christ is the light of the world, and it is Christ's light, the light that the star, the metaphorical star that guides the Magi, that that is Christ. And all other lights, including the stars, including the sun, are secondary to Christ. And that's hard for me to remember sometimes. But again, I think this season especially the the season of ordinary time, which is on the horizon, again, is a reminder of that. Ordinary time is all about how do we live as a follower of Jesus Christ on the way of Christ? What does that look like to place Christ as the, the, the light at the center of our lives, in my heart and in my day-to-day action? What does that look like? How do I do that? So I conclude with my questions for you to see how this connects to your own experience. How do you see these two kingdoms better at tension in Matthew's uh, illustration of epiphany, the kingdom of humans and Herod and the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ, the King of Kings? And then also what are the lights in your life that distract you from the light of Christ and how in this season and every season can you more fully not necessarily ignore those other lights because they can be valuable, they can be beneficial, but how can you place the light of Christ 
at the center of your life and to allow that to be your guiding star, the beacon that leads you to where you are called to be. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.